0: Welcome to the Wake the Giant podcast. This is your host, Alan Garrett. Today, we have Will Meyer in the studio. This is part two of Leadership Development with Will Meyer and Alan Garrett. Welcome. I do believe that every Christian should see themselves as a leader. Even if you're only leading yourself, you're leading something. You are. Right? <laughs> Even if that's all you can say, I'm only leading myself. Well, how, how are you leading yourself? How are you taking care of yourself? Right. Yeah. So you're leading at least one person. Yes, so I—that's good. Uh, <laughs> a leadership is influence. How, if you got you, and that's all you're leading, how are you influencing it's yourself? yourself? <laughs> right? Yeah. How are you leading? <laughs> and I, I really do believe that uh, we need to develop a culture of leadership in the church. Not—I'm a pastor and I have followers, or I'm a small group leader and I have followers. I do believe that that uh, um, we all need to be seen as leaders, released as leaders. I mean, I, I obviously there are things that, you know, if people are in, in deep sin and that kind of stuff and yeah. they're messed yeah. up, you don't want to reproduce that. So that, I'm not saying that. But um, I really do believe we need to have a culture of of developing and growing and moving into leadership. I'll, maybe that's a better way to say yeah. that. Yeah, and And, you know, people need to take, uh, you know the parable of the the the,
1: the talents and yes. uh, the minus it's like you, we have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for what God's given us and we got to steward that and if you're stewarding your gifts you're a leader mm-hmm. you're stewarding a resource God puts stuff in you and and healthy leaders will draw mm-hmm. that out of of their followers so that they can re- be be productive be mm-hmm. a 30 60 and hundredfold mm-hmm. believer that's actually uh, producing fruit in their lives.
0: So this is we, we sort of answered this, but when you think of a leader, what what do you what do you think of? Um, what goes through your mind when you think of a leader? Well, you know, fundamentally, I think of a, of a
1: when I think of a leader, it's someone who has some sort of burden, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of assignment, and there's something that burns within them mm-hmm. that they need to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And to get away from the performance orientation, mm-hmm. I leaders are driven usually to want to get something done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it comes in a form of a desire, a passion, mm-hmm. or, so, uh, or there's been a significant event and mm-hmm. you've had an aha moment, but yeah. you want to make an impact. But not only is a leader someone who accomplishes something, but it's also what you become mm. and it's how you end. And mm. so, and then it's not only what you become through the journey of what you accomplish and what and, and then uh, how you end, but it's what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind mm. to keep that fruit mm-hmm. uh, perpetuating Good. generational after generation? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So our, our leadership model is so short-sighted. Mm-hmm. No one thinks about having... There are some countries that have... Like China has a 2050 vision mm. that by 2050, they're going to be a world power Hmm. And they have phases, and uh, the Japanese do a hundred-year some. The, I think mm-hmm. the Japanese do a hundred and five hundred-year plan. Wow! It's like who in the church wow. has a thousand-year plan right now? I want to, yeah. if, if <laughs> it, uh, to your listening audience, if you have a thousand-year plan,
0: <laughs> right? Will he wants to know? <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> I, I really would. Yeah, oh, that is amazing. Yeah. But, but, um, but you know
1: what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. we 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 need to grow our vision to stop thinking uh you know, fast food.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. My wife, immediate needs. <laughs> my wife used to used to tell me, she used to go, I'm parenting for my grandchildren and their children. There you go. She's got it. She goes, I see these these uh uh parents, they do a poor job and then then uh their their kids are so Messed up, messed up that they have to raise their grandkids, and it's like do over. <laughs> she goes, "No, I'm not doing that." You know, do it right? I, the first, yeah. yeah. So she would tell me, "I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I'm parenting for my uh, grandkids and their kids, and uh, my goal is that none of them are going to be on Jerry Springer."
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's excellent. So, yeah. And you know, you know that scripture that says, "If you train up a mm-hmm. child
0: in the way he shall
1: go, he'll not depart." Mm-hmm. I don't think that's external training. Mm-hmm. I think that's internal training. Yeah, I think that's, that's so getting you good. tapped into your identity, mm-hmm. your gifts, your desire, your DNA in Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you turn on, if you activate the DNA, mm-hmm. the the God DNA in someone, you don't you don't have to.
0: They're on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I I went to a school called Westmont in Santa Barbara. It was a liberal arts uh, Christian college, and I remember getting there, and I would see these people that grew up in the church. They might be pastors' kids, PKs or yeah. MKs, missionary kids, and they would get to Westmont, and mom and dad aren't there, and they would go wild. They yeah. just would go wild, just unplugged. Yeah, I mean, it's like you might as well have gone into one of the top party schools in the, in the UC <laughs> system because they were just wild. And it's because they didn't internalize the values, yeah, they didn't own them. And so they were given information, but they didn't internalize it.
1: And they were and they had to conform to a religious paradigm mm-hmm. or, or construct mm-hmm. that they couldn't fit into. Mm-hmm. And what, and that, I call that the lid, the leadership lid, and, you know, mm-hmm. Maxwell talks about that, but breaking through that leadership lid, that glass mm-hmm. ceiling is so important, especially for women, mm-hmm. you know, cause the church perhaps hasn't always, uh, mm-hmm. regarded them mm-hmm. correctly. I, I think empowered women, you know, uh, Booth said that, um, women mm-hmm. make the best, uh, soldiers in Christ They're mm-hmm. the best warriors. And I'll tell you, you unleash, mm-hmm. um, the women in their leadership they're mm-hmm. passionate they have they understand their values mm-hmm. they're connected they're relational mm-hmm. they're powerful and we need to unleash the women in the church and and break mm-hmm. off the leadership lid so they can advance And and we perhaps have underutilized not that we're using people, Mm -hmm. but we've we haven't recognized some of the Mm -hmm. the the power and authority in the church necessarily. I totally agree.
0: If if you just look at the the church in the world right now, the fastest growing churches, church movements in the world, the vast majority of the leadership in them is women, and I'm talking about China, and I'm talking about Iran right now. Those are the fastest. That's growing movements in the world, and they're largely led by women. Yeah. So that, that right there, if you don't believe that women can minister that should cause you to ask some questions right there. How come God is blessing that so radically? Right. Um, And then I'm gonna actually, I've never done this online, but I'm actually gonna plug my own book. I have a book. um, Oh yeah, uh, I got a copy of it. It's called Unsilenced, Giving a Voice to Women Silenced by Ignorance. And I spent six years really mining that topic out because I grew up in a church that was a really good church, but um, they didn't believe that women could be pastors. And for a while they didn't believe that women could even be deacons. And that they couldn't teach at all, um, like they, it, it, when we did the, uh, our youth groups, they wouldn't let the women teach the, um, the guys in, in the high school group. even at that age, they wouldn't that's do crazy. that crazy. And, it, and it, they were really good people, you know, but that's just how they interpreted the Bible. So then when I, I got outside of my uh, group of, of that, that group and went to Westmont, and then I saw. Uh, I, I got involved in the early vineyard and I saw God using women. And I, I had to really question, where is my theology on that? And for a long time, the, the vineyard churches didn't believe women could be senior pastors, they, but they would release them to do everything else but be a senior pastor. And I'm going, well, how do you work that out theologically? And then I got involved in another church in Santa Barbara, uh, not Santa Barbara, in, uh, in the Sacramento area, a couple of different churches that did release women. And then I had to ask questions like, well, if women can't minister, what do you do with like Heidi and Roland Baker? And she and her husband are they both very capable ministers? Right. But she's the more public face of the ministry as far as speaking and that kind of thing. And so she leads and there are like a million people in Africa that because of their ministry the Bakers are now they've planted thousands and thousands of churches. Because of their ministry and the people associated with them. So you have to either say that's not valid or God sometimes makes exceptions or whatever. So it's just it's, you yeah. get really funky. So I started to explore that biblical topic and I read hundreds of books. So uh that that's that's really good. That'd be a good podcast to talk yeah, about. I'll I, actually you gotta I, talk I, about your book and then, I will sometime. Got, but, I can uh, interview you. Yeah, but actually <laughs> yeah, you maybe we could do that. So anyway, um uh, that's my my book on silence, giving a, a voice to women's silence by ignorance, ignorance, but that's not why we're here right now. So we're just talking about leadership development in general. Um, so you talk about the four C's. Well, there's 12 total. 12. There's 12, 12 But I, I
1: categorize them into four groups. Uh-huh. Three groups of four. Three times four. I'm an engineer. I should know that. <laughs> so anyways, the first four C's are calling understanding your potential, the space and playground that God's called you into. The connections mm-hmm. all about identity and about being a son and daughter of mm-hmm. God and and it's about relationships. It's good. Competency is about your skills, your talents, and equipping and training and education. We don't throw our brain out mm-hmm. uh, all because we're, we're believers. We mm-hmm. actually believe that education could can give you the social currency you need to, to be an mm-hmm. influencer in mm-hmm. different areas. And then we talk about capacity, which is the crucible, mm-hmm. which we spend a lot of time on, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know how to manage the adversity and the affliction and what... God mm-hmm. design your crucible for, because mm-hmm. your crucible prepares you for your promotion. It mm. prepares you for your convergence, which is the the next the fifth C. So so the next so those are internal things: calling, relationships, connection, competency, mm-hmm. developing, and then capacity. And then the next uh, four C's are about convergence, and that's your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be in their sweet spot, but they don't want to pay the price, mm-hmm. and they don't want to invest. To get mm-hmm. there, and after you've uh, engaged in your convergence, uh, you you can you become a catalyst, and a catalyst is like an influencer, mm-hmm. a strong influencer, and uh, and then the champion is someone who uh, is impacting uh, uh, people, groups, nations mm-hmm. uh, across generations, and they're mm-hmm. replicating, they're reproducing themselves. And uh, we talk about culture, that the goal of, of, of leadership is really to mm-hmm. influence culture, to uh, steward the atmosphere and create a culture that uh, will impact um, the generations to come. And then our last four C's, I know there's a lot of C's here, uh, I actually had eight, Mm and my uh, my, uh, publisher really challenged me for four more. So I Mm. came up with four more competent leadership competencies that are really core. Mm. uh, Collaboration, communication, creativity, and compassion. Mm. So I call these the enablers, Mm. the really important enablers for leadership. So those are the last four. So we use that construct to Mm -hmm. help people in their leadership journey. Mm. It's pretty powerful. And one of those might resonate with you more than another. It Mm -hmm. all
0: depends on where you are. It makes sense because uh, as people are going, I'm looking down all all those seas and as you're going through those, uh, there might be one of them that you need to grow in. So it's a way of spotting your weaknesses and your strengths. Yeah. So that's good. Um, Your book is 350 pages. So um, what, what all is packed into that?
1: I think I might've mentioned this, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, some um, the content, the principle mm-hmm. and the process. And then I've, we've put, uh, you know, there's at least two, uh, case studies, either from history, someone who exhibited a particular, uh, uh, force, uh, 12 C. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, there's, uh, usually eight to 13 coaching questions that, uh, will challenge you and you'll probably need someone to process with. You probably mm-hmm. need to hire a coach or do it with mm-hmm. a group or a friend because they they really drive your, mm-hmm. your your self-awareness of who you are and they're hard questions mm-hmm. and it takes time to dig. And then I have some activations or, or, or now leadership exercises where mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, okay, pray this prayer for a month. Use the scripture, pray the prayer. And I'll have like two or three exercises mm-hmm. that you can do. So the book has a it's a self-contained book mm-hmm. and after i got a bunch of endorsements mm-hmm. um people came back to me and said this book belongs in a university mm. that's what that's, that's one of the big feedback points i got mm. that that this is really for people who really want to um get some traction mm-hmm. in their in their uh but it like mm-hmm. it it's for everybody though but it has the the scalability to impact mm-hmm. Every person in every phase of their life, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in whatever sphere, whatever mountain of, of culture, mountain of influence that you've been called into, it, 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 it works.
0: hmm I noticed, uh, online you had a number of, uh, five-star reviews. Like, uh, Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I got all so five, five.
1: You, you gotta, you gotta give me a review too. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. I gotta read it first yeah. though.
0: But, um, so it, it is, the people who have read it seem to think highly of it, um, so actually, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you what are people telling you about the book, but you you said some stuff there already. Yeah. Um, so it's a book that you can. I think you could you could go through a co- cohort, and you you could use it as a class. You could. You could do, do it with a team. You could do it. With your spe- I have a
1: family that's going through it. They mm. just love it, and they they just they're just. Uh, you know when I see people light up, and mm-hmm. I see people connecting and saying yeah this is what i'm missing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, i have some young people and they're like, well, i know my calling, but i just don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you there's usually 5 to 7 skills you got to develop mm-hmm. for any vocation. Once you mm-hmm. once you define what your skills are, you can back it out and say, well, this is the training i need. Mm-hmm. And so many of our young people aren't aren't getting where they need to go because they haven't had mm-hmm. a framework Mm-hmm. To, to talk, for people to talk that through with them, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that, um, you know, we, we, our generation needs to equip the next generation yes. to be successful. And we got we to gotta give them the missing pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to, to help um, put the puzzle pieces together, mm-hmm. especially for the, the generations that are going to be carrying the baton.
0: Yeah, maybe you're listening to this uh, uh, broadcast or podcast, and you're you're going, man. I'd like to lead. You know, you, I think a lot of people would. There's something that's in each of us that knows that we are built to be significant. You know, that we want to make an, an impact, that we want to pass something on, that we want to accomplish something. Very few people lack that. Most people, they. They understand a, that they, they have it's a... a God thing that put God in, thing. that he put in you. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, because I think we're going to move towards closing here, but I want to talk a little bit about the concept of calling. Mm. And uh, I've heard a number of people say, well, well, I don't have a calling. Or they feel like they have to have... Some kind of uh, Jesus appeared to me on the mountain, and there was thunder and lightning, and it was very, very frightening. (laughs) Yeah, it was a song, Um, and um, and he and he said, "Go to the nation of whatever, you know, something like that." But I think if you're a Christian, you're called.
1: Well, we have a holy calling; we're called Mm -hmm. to one faith, one hope. But But we do have a fundamental. But Jesus said
0: some things in the book. Yeah. He said, go, make disciples of all nations. What don't you
1: understand? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you don't really need a... I mean, those are great when they come. I mean, the Lord's given me uh, some things. Uh, I mean, uh, the reason why I'm doing this broadcast is because I was involved in something called Prophets Chamber, and three months in a row... You got words. People didn't know me. And they gave me the same word, people who didn't know me, they looked at me and they said, Hey, I think, I think God's calling you to do something in the area of broadcasting, podcasting, social media, same word, three months in a row. And I'd just been starting to buy some things because I, I felt like I have a voice, I have some things to say, right. and I wasn't getting any opportunity to do that in the local church, other than when I would start my own you know, group or something like that. But I just, and I go, I think I have some things to say to the broader church. And, um, So those things are valid. But on the other hand, God just said, go. And he said, love your neighbor. And there's some basic things that we're called to do. We're called to impact the world around us. And you don't have to hear a major word to go bake some brownies and take them across the street to your neighbor and go, I care about you. Right. 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 And that's that's where it starts.
1: And and I, I think that if you get a specific calling and revelation, it's mm-hmm. usually because you need the specifics mm-hmm. and it's going to be challenging mm-hmm. and you're going to need that revelatory reference. Yeah. You follow? Mm-hmm. But the word of God should be adequate for us to know that we're, we're to go, as you stated. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to think about calling. You can have the revelatory calling with mm-hmm. a specific and, and that's great. And and that happens mm-hmm. we have we many people have had uh theophanies and experiences but i i think calling is a i think calling is a is a playground where mm-hmm. our desires and our dreams and god's dna intersects it's mm, good and if, if 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 i spend enough time if i interviewed someone, I could tell ta- I can understand a person's desires, their passion, and their dreams, and you can pretty much extrapolate their calling. Mm. So it's not it's not a rocket science, mm-hmm. you know? It's like it it got put built it into you. Yeah. You know, as you were saying.
0: Yeah. And then uh so I think that uh it's also I'm gonna say one, one other thing here. I'm 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 just going off the top of my head here. But sometimes it's easier to uh like when you're, when you're in a vehicle, it's easier to turn a car that's moving. Yes. So if you're just stuck in the mud and you're going, I don't feel like I'm called to do anything, get involved, get, get, around, get around other people, start the wheel moving, start serving, start uh, doing things in the community, start doing things in a local church or connecting with people and start, start doing some stuff. Be, be active um, and do that general call that's on the church that the, that's talked about in scripture and just start doing that. And then often uh, the rest of that comes.
1: Yeah. And so like, I'm just sitting here uh, looking at you, Alan, and uh, it's so clear to me that you have a calling to network people around mm-hmm. the world. And I see these neural networks in your mm-hmm. mind working and it's all about relationships. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, it's like, it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Some of this stuff just beams off of us. Mm-hmm and you're you're a networker, you're a mm-hmm. builder, you're a relationship builder. You're you're connecting people all around the world mm-hmm. using your podcast. Yeah. And that's so cool. And do you like it? Yes. Is it do you feel it's enjoyable and you get a sense of significance from it?
0: Yes. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Um so anyway, the book is called Leaders for Life: Creating Champions Through the Now. Leadership process. And this is Will Myers, Meyer. So it's yeah. M E I E R, Will Meyer. And you can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can also find it on, you have a website? Yeah, leadersforlife.global. Leadersforlife.global. Uh, yep. Yeah. So those uh, are two places you can find them. You could probably put in, actually, I did. I put in Will Meyer. You could probably put in the Will Meyer Leaders for Life. Yeah. And, right. it'll, and, and it'll, it. it'll come up. Yeah. So this these days with the internet is, not that hard to find people. Yeah. So, so this is a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was. It's good talking to you. I, yeah. I've, I've talked to Will a few times because he's uh, uh, loosely associated with. I, I'm associated Friends with of Mo. Mo friend, he's of a friend of Mo. That's the yeah. way to put it. I'm, yeah. I'm involved with Mountain of Worship, which is part of Iris Ministries, and uh, Will has been in and out of there and been uh, very much a friend of uh, Danny Stain and the ministry there. And so we just we just like Will. He's a good guy. <laughs> and he has some fruit behind him. I remember uh, Wember saying, uh, find the guy with the most fruit and, and uh, put your cart behind his or something like that. The and, fruit fall off. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, so um, I, I think that uh, there's a history of, of ministry in the area, which is good. So if you're interested in leadership development, check out his book, Leaders for Life. And uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and end here. This has been the Wake the Giant broadcast, and I'm your host, alan garrett so until next time see you later see you later (laughs) it's great being here alan it's good i'm glad to have you will (laughs) this has been the wake the giant podcast i'm your host alan garrett please subscribe to the podcast and like and share on social media